Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> oh, I don't know why, but I always feel like I can't talk until the lights come on. I don't know, it's a weird thing. Good morning. Hope you're all doing well. It's great to see you. Man, Paige, you blessed me today by being in here. Somebody else volunteered for the nursery this morning. Woo! We need so many volunteers, and, and we're growing, and we really are. I can see us uh, each, each week. Uh, God's bringing different people in and, and helping us uh, get some things done. So like our announcement said today, we, we need them in a lot of areas, but if you can help out in any of those, you feel like you have a gift or a talent uh, that uh, you can give to the Lord, uh, we'd like to hear about it and uh, just try to help us all work together as a church. Uh, we have some new members. I don't know if you guys have seen them or not. I don't know. They're not really members yet, but they've been hovering around the outside of our church. We've been having Sandhill Cranes uh, visit us, and they are loud. Um, I wish you guys were that loud some days. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Let her rip, guys. I've heard it all. You guys, we're, we're good. Well, anyways, welcome all of you that are here today on this beautiful day and those that will be visiting uh, with us uh, at a later date on our YouTube channel. Um, if you'd like, uh, get your Bibles ready. Uh, John 15, we're going to continue in that in our series this week. Uh, staying close, um, it's an important part of the Christian walk. Us as uh, Christians uh, really need to stay close to Jesus. Things get all discombobulated when we don't. And uh, so that's really what this series is about. Uh, last week we learned together, uh, last week um, our primary focus, I guess, was learning that um, being a Christian is not really about trying really hard. That's really not what it's about. It's about abiding in Jesus. And that's how the fruit comes off of us. Actually, like the, of a branch on a vine really doesn't do anything else other than allow the life source to flow through it. And so Jesus gives us that example in John 15. He's telling us that he is the vine and he's the source of all life and that if we stay close to him and stay stuck in him, uh, fruit's just going to naturally come off of us. Um, we also looked at the positive ministry of the vine dresser uh, being God himself and how his care for the branches. Uh, he's a gardener. He tends for those branches and maybe they're laying in the dirt one day and he just needs to pick us up and get us back up and so we can produce fruit once again. Um, so this week we're going to be looking at fruit production. Uh, in other words, what is the fruit that comes from us being branches? So if you would, let's bow our heads and we'll pray and ask the Lord to um, help us. Lord, we're just so grateful. Um, as we sang today about your precious blood, I wish your blood did not have to be spilled uh, because of us, but it, it needed to be. And you did it in a full obedience to the Father, and we are so grateful that you did that, Lord. So today, as we share your words uh, with each other, I just um, want to thank you for that blood. It uh, makes it possible that we can even do the things that you've called us to do. And, uh, Lord, we look forward to the day that we'll be with you for all of eternity. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 
So let's look at our scripture, if we could, for today. John 15, I'm going to start in uh, verse 5. Jesus says, I am the vine, and you are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. Um, today we're continuing this metaphor that Jesus uses about the vine, the branches. He says he's the vine, he's the source of all life to the branch. Uh, the branches, Jesus says, are you. I, I think that's interesting. Remember, he's talking to disciples that day, uh, those gathered around him, but he says, the branches are you. Jesus, of course, is talking to them, but Today, if you're following Jesus and you are trying to learn from him, and um, the you that Jesus is talking about is you and me. The branches, however, um, can be bearing branches or they can be burning branches. Um, bearing or burning is kind of like the thought this morning. Uh, the bearing branches are those disciples who abide in him, he says, and he in them. And they bear much fruit. Um, the disciples that uh, remain in Jesus, in close relationship to Jesus, um, and because of uh, his close relationship back in them, that's the ones that he's talking about here. Uh, he will remain in close relationship with those branches because of the flowing of love in both directions. We abide in him. He abides in us. The other type of branch, however, he says, is a disciple who does not abide in him. They are cast out, withered, and gathered, and thrown into the fire. If you're here today and your desire is to follow Jesus, the point here uh, being made by Jesus, it is, it's just hard to read over this. Just like the, it was difficult for me just to kind of skim through this. If you're like me, you, you look at the burn part and it gets you a little uh, nervous and excited. Branches that do not bear fruit are burned. Disciples, like branches that do not produce fruit, cannot be used. They're gathered and they're cast out. This should get our attention this morning. There are a few conclusions that we can come to when we think about this and when we read our scriptures that say things like this. As we try to understand what it really means um, when he says some of these branches uh, will be burned. So the first conclusion that we could come to, and it's probably the one that gets our attention the most, uh, is Christians that do not bear fruit lose their salvation. They're cast out and then they're thrown into hell. That's one of the conclusions we could come to. For me, this, would, um, this doesn't work. Uh, it would leave the believer in a constant state of turmoil and um, just anxiety, wondering what day is it going to be that I don't produce fruit that I'm cast off and I'm lost, and now Jesus no longer abides in me and he casts me off into hell. I hope you don't um, believe that is what he is saying here because 
one of the things that we always want to make sure of is that when we're reading our Bible is that a good Bible student will always interpret Scripture with other scriptures. So when we read this, and that's the first notion that comes into our head, we should remember some other things that we maybe have read in other places. Uh, John 10, 28 says this, and, and this is Jesus once again speaking. He says, and I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. And I will give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. So Jesus has made it very clear that nothing can snatch a true believer out of his hand. So rest assured, if you are a true believer, although you may fail him from time to time, nothing can snatch you out of the Father's hand. So in order for these two scriptures to both be true, we must come up with a different interpretation for these branches that are being withered and then cast out and thrown into the fire. Um, the other option we have is that the branch was never really connected to the vine at all. Um, I think of Judas, if you know the story around Judas. He was a learner. He followed um, behind Jesus. He was with the other disciples, the other learners. But Scripture shows us and, um, that over time he was really never a believer at all. John 13 says, Jesus said to them, he's talking to his disciples, he said, he who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not all of you. And he's talking to Peter here and some of the other disciples, and he's talking to you and me today. Um, we find that not everyone that follows Jesus um, is abiding in the vine. Um, they truly never gave themselves to the Lord, so they are unable to produce fruit in any way, shape, or form. Another interpretation, the second one, uh, could be that the fire is spoken about here is the fire of judgment that all believers will face. And all of a sudden you're going, wait a second, that's what I gave my life to Jesus for is that I'm not going to fall into judgment. Uh, yeah, that is the judgment of eternal death. Um, however, us as believers will be judged for the things we do here in the body. Um, let's look at 2 Corinthians 5.10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. That's what this is called, the judgment seat of Christ. That each one may receive the things for we must, um, all the things done in the body, according to what he has done, whether good or bad. So yeah, this is a judgment that um, we will be judged by Jesus one day. He will look at since the day we come to know him and we've received him as Savior and we begin to walk with him, he will look at us and he'll kind of put the scales out there and see how we did. It's not going to cast us into the pit of hell. 
That's what he shed his blood for. That's why we know that we're, uh, if you truly are in the vine and you truly are uh, a child of God, that that is not the judgment he's talking about. And that's what fits this description about branches so well for me. Uh, that, yeah, there is going to be some withering and gathering and throwing into the fire. And those, that fire is representative of things that are not useful. You, you see what I'm saying here, and I believe that's what the Scriptures are teaching us here today. Uh, this is the view for me that makes the most sense. If we do not bear fruit, this is the point that Jesus is making to us. If we do not bear fruit, God is unable to use us in that way. Um, I do believe, however, that true believers do want to produce fruit. I really do believe that. When you look at it in light of what he has done for us, and that really sets into your heart, you want to serve him. That's why you guys are probably here today. You want to learn more of him. You want to serve him. You want to abide in him. That's what I believe every true believer wants to do. So what happens? How does a believer get to this place where they're no longer producing fruit? That somehow they're gathered up, they've withered off, and their works, their fruit is thrown. They don't produce fruit, so they're thrown into the fire. Branches don't just die. They wither. And you notice in our scriptures here that that is one of the things that Jesus says that our, the branches do. They wither. So one of the things that I thought about this week was, you, you ever seen clematis climb up the side of a building? It's kind of like a viney thing, and it's got flowers on it. And uh, my wife actually loves those. If, she, if we could get clematis on the side of our house, she would allow it to, to grow and just loves it. It gets like two, three stories high sometimes, goes all the way to the top. But do you ever wonder what they do when this stuff gets out of control and they don't want it anymore? Uh, do they go out and get all the ladders and the forklifts and everything to get to the top and start ripping it down and tearing it down? They don't. They actually just go to the very bottom and they find out where it's all coming from and they snip it. And then it withers over time and it just dies. And then eventually it just falls off or it's real easy just to, to pull off. So you can kind of see that once they, this clematis has been cut off from the source, it withers and just dies. And it's kind of like what Jesus is telling happens to us. When we cut ourselves off from the source, we just kind of wither over time and then die off. And it doesn't take much uh, for us to be thrown into the fire. Um, however, believers are the ones that do the cutting. They cut themselves off. You notice you don't see in the scriptures there, um, at least the versions I looked at, that it is the vine dresser that does the cutting. He just gathers them up after they've already been cut and they've withered and then throws them into the fire. So the believer is the one that cuts himself off. The vine dresser only casts them out when they're no longer able to produce any fruit. So how does this withering process start or begin, or how does it even happen? Um, like I said, many believers, I believe, start their Christian life with great excitement. We all get 
I mean, who wouldn't be excited about eternal life and being able to bear fruit in this world? And we get all excited and we're ready to go out and produce some fruit for the, for the Lord who has saved us uh, into all of eternity. But then something happens. Somehow they cut themselves off from the source of light. Maybe it's the cares of this world. Maybe. That could be one of the things. Get too tangled up in those and the believer cuts himself off from the true vine. Maybe it's a trial in this life. We all go through rough stuff. Just hard things happen and we begin to snip ourselves clean of the vine. Perhaps it's a church or a, a pastor or a church leader or something like that. We uh, don't see it eye to eye on or disagree with. That could be a way we just quit going to church, cut ourselves off from the vine. Or maybe it's something as serious as that pandemic. Um, I, we see so much of that, obviously, when our nation and world went through such a serious thing as a pandemic. But many believers cut themselves off and just really don't come back to the vine much anymore. Um, whatever the reason, the one's fruitful branch is no longer able to produce fruit. Um, there are a variety of reasons, obviously, that people cut themselves off. However, almost all wither in the same way. Let me explain. It says, they first start by not going to church usually. This is just my observations over years. This is what you see. Then slowly they stop reading their Bibles and then soon fade into not praying anymore. Uh, once all of the source of life is being cut off, like the clematis climbing up the side of the building, they soon begin to wither and eventually fall from the vine completely. Jesus said it's the branches that do not remain in the vine that wither and gather and thrown into the fire. So Christian, if we do not abide in the vine, we, we wither and we cannot bear fruit. Maybe you're like me and have found yourself in a season of low fruit production. Um, I really believe this happens to us all one way or another. Um, it doesn't take much to make us mad or to get discouraged or, or don't persevere in the things of the Lord. It really doesn't take much to get us out of the uh, where we're cutting ourselves off. But we've all done it probably one way shape or form. So what do we do? Notice Jesus says in John 15, 5, he says, he who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. Although a believer, I believe, um, is able to produce fruit right from the day they are converted, I really believe that. I see it. I see it in people. I saw it in my life. Um, However, much fruit often comes with time. Um, this week, I asked Google how long a grapevine uh, takes to grow grapes. And so with all the wisdom of Google, I will tell you what Google said. <laughs> it said, if you're wondering how fast grapevines grow, the woody vines and lush leaves can grow very fast um, in the first year. So. They can grow very fast. The leaves and the viney part of, of anything can grow very fast. What does that mean? Um, 
If you mean how fast do grapevines produce grapes, this is what Google is saying, the answer is that they can take up to three years to bear fruit. Pruning, and this was the last comment Google made, pruning has a lot to do with fruit production. I wonder if Google knew that it actually lined up with the Word of God. Pretty cool. So what do we do? We allow God to prune us. Most of us don't have that patience. Most of us don't like that going on in our lives. Uh, Hosea, an Old Testament prophet, records God's pruning of Israel. He said there will be um, a day that Israel will accept his pruning and realize that he is the source of their fruit. He says this in uh, 14.8. Ephraim shall say, what have I to do anymore with idols? And this is God speaking now. He says, I have heard and observed him, and I am like a green cypress tree. Your fruit is found in me. It's interesting that there, God says that there will be a day that they'll get this. They'll understand that their useless idol worship uh, produced no fruit whatsoever, and that they one day would realize that I am the source. I am the cypress tree. Your fruit is found in me. God wants our idols in our past. That's some of the pruning that needs to go on. We've all got them, or we've all had them maybe. Uh, God wants to prune some of those things out of our life. He's willing to be patient with us until everything is removed. Don't you just love the patience of God? Uh, I don't know if you can look back on your life and see where he's pruned a few things out of you, and then once they're all gone, do you ever say things like, God, I don't even know how you put up with me when I was doing that thing, <laughs> or when I was believing that thing, or when I was in this place? But God, I am so grateful that you were patient with me. He prunes each and every one of them out of our lives. That's what he's waiting for. He's waiting for these things to be rid of your life, out of your life. Um, there's really no standard to producing fruit, like how fast it's going to come. God doesn't lay out that in our lives. Maybe it takes the three years like Google spoke about. I don't know. Maybe it's less. Maybe it's more. One thing is certain. Unless we allow God to prune those things out, it'll be difficult for you and I to produce any fruit, let alone much fruit. So how do we, why God's doing all this pruning and clipping and getting rid of the dead stuff, uh, we're to abide uh, during pruning season. Um, it's, it's funny. When God prunes, it hurts. It's, it's no fun. So do we just, why he's pruning away, just like don't abide in him at all, just let him do what he needs to do, get it over with God, just get it out of there, no, the scriptures actually tell us that we're to continue to abide, remain in him while you're being pruned. Um, illustration I got is as I was um, a, a first a believer, it was, didn't quite understand these abiding, pruning type concepts or fruit production. I didn't know any of that stuff. Um, being patient was very hard. I knew one thing that I wanted to do. I knew that the Lord had called me to do something. I didn't know what it was, 
but I was eager to do it. It just started, like maybe like you, you just start volunteering for this or that, getting involved in this and that, and reading my Bible as much as I could. But the more I began to abide in Jesus, the more I began to look like uh, into the Word of God, I realized that I didn't look like Jesus at all. And that's the purpose of abiding. Abiding in Him is that so eventually we'll look just like Him or we'll be more like Him. Then we can produce the fruit. Uh, like if I was to go out in the world and just be me without any influence of the Lord's abiding or abiding in the Lord, I wouldn't be able to do anything for Him. I'd be just me, sinful me. I need to look more like Jesus. And then when I, then I, when I finally figured it out, I saw what he was doing. He was starting to prune things out of my life. Um, he, he got rid of some activities I was involved in. He got rid of some relationships that I had. He got rid of um, things that I allowed my eyes to see and my ears to hear. All these were part of the pruning process. And these were things that were keeping me from bearing fruit. And so it took me a while, but I needed, I needed to know that. And I needed to realize that that's what he was doing. But they needed to go in order for me to bear fruit. I had to learn to abide while Jesus was pruning. So once you figure this out, um, I hope you have, I hope you realize when you feel him pruning, uh, sometimes we see the clippers coming. You know, we know that his holy clippers, his holy pruning shears are headed toward us, and we don't want them to be pruned. Uh, we hang on to them, but it's the only way in which we uh, will ever produce fruit. But then there's fruit he calls that is worthy. Uh, as we abide in Christ, he, he works on us from the inside out. Uh, the more we look like him, the more we bear fruit on the outside. Um, 1 John 2.6 says this, He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk, just as he walked. Talking about Jesus. Fruit is not going to church. Fruit is not reading our Bibles, fruit is not praying or spending time with other believers necessarily. That is abiding. That's what abiding is, those things. Fruit is produced when we walk like Christ. Fruit is lived out as we live in this world. That makes sense to you? Fruit is lived out as we live in the world. Jesus sternly spoke to uh, the religious leaders of his day about this. Uh, they were not producing fruit that Jesus would call worthy fruit. And he says to them in Matthew 3.8, he says, therefore, bear fruits worthy of repentance. See, they weren't staying close to Jesus. Actually, they were doing quite the opposite. However, they were probably doing a lot of these other things that I just mentioned. They were probably looking at the scriptures and they were probably hanging out in synagogue and they were probably doing a lot of praying. But they weren't abiding in Jesus. They weren't attached to the vine. 
So what the fruit they were producing was not fruit worthy of true repentance, and that's what Jesus was getting at. If we really are abiding in him, then the fruit we produce is worthy of repentance. In other words, it's fruit that we now produce um, because we're walking in a different direction. That's what repentance is really all about. The word repentance just really means to turn and walk in the opposite direction. So what they were not doing was what Jesus wanted, and that was producing fruit worthy of repentance. Um, the life that you and I live and walk should bear fruits of our repentance. Um, it should be. It should be, shouldn't it? It should be worthy of that. So what is some of this worthy fruit that should come off our branch? Uh, like the wide uh, range of fruit that's available in the supermarket, um, there's a wide range of fruit that you can be producing as a follower of Jesus. Uh, we're just going to review a couple, so don't think that uh, your, your fruit production isn't one of these. You're doing something wrong. That's not true. I'm just going to hit a couple of them uh, today as we talk about. So let's look at some of the fruit varieties. How about fruit of character? As we look more like Jesus, we're going to take on his character. We're going to look like him in the way that we respond to other people, the way we interact with our world. Galatians 5.22, probably pretty familiar to you guys, but it says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. Um, where works are what we do, character is who we are. Like I said, in my early walk with Jesus, I still had a lot of my unrepentant character in me. It took some time for me to abide in him and to learn some of these things so that my character began to produce fruit of his character. And that's what I, I see in the Galatians, fruit of the Spirit. Um, those producing... Uh, these types of fruit, you've probably heard about this being a fruit, the fruit of love. That's what comes out of. All these little things should come out of the fruit of love. Every one of those things in Galatians 5. Those should all, we should be bearing all those things the more we are abiding in Jesus. If we find yourself not loving like Jesus, what's the solution? Abide. Abide. It really comes, it's so, it's like too simple. You mean, Pastor John, you're not going to give me like a 12-step program that I have to kind of follow for the next two months and I can finally get back to a bearing fruit again? No. Just abide in him. If you're lacking joy in the Christian life, what's the solution? Abide. Abide. Stay connected to him. You don't have peace in your life? What's the solution? Abide. Now you're catching on. So you get the point. Another fruit that we'll look at is fruit of our mouths. Uh, Proverbs 18:21 says, "Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit." Our tongues carry 
great power. The Bible says that we can use it to produce death, or we can choose to use our tongue to produce life. Uh, we now live in an age that the format in which um, our tongues can go crazy uh, and run free is never like it's ever been before. Uh, with things like social media, we have an unlimited audience to let our tongues go free. Uh, the proverb is a warning to us, especially those of us who love to use our tongues. We will eat of its fruit, whether it be good or it be bad. For many of us, this will be the first sign of worthy fruit in our lives. God will correct our tongues. He'll, by His Spirit that lives in us, we will know when we should speak and what we shouldn't speak. But that only comes by abiding. Getting control or allowing God to control our tongues is one of the fruits that is worthy of repentance. How about the fruit of our hands? Christians are to be involved in good works. Uh, sometimes we get scared off by this, and I'll explain. But Colossians 1.10 says that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. He says being fruitful in every good work. Sometimes because of our understanding of works doesn't lead to salvation, that it's a free gift given to us by God, and we, don't, we can't earn it, we can't work at it, we sometimes kind of give it a license to go, okay, I'm good, I don't have to do anything anymore. I don't have to do anything to gain my salvation. True, but to be pleasing to God, to have fruit come from our lives, we need to work at it. Um, Ephesians 2.10 says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So this has been God's desire for us all along. Um, the more we abide in Christ, the more uh, chances or changes that are involved in our lives. The fruit that our hands produce as Christians should be good. Whatever we're involved in should be good, and that is part of the fruit. Another one is the fruit of witness. John 4.35 says this, do not say there are still four months and then comes the harvest. Behold, I say to you, lift up your eyes and look at the fields, for they are already white for harvest. And he who reaps receives wages and gathers fruit for eternal life, that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together. The more we, the more we abide in Jesus, the more we see like Jesus. Uh, this um, area was what uh, in John 4 is recorded of Jesus talking over his disciples and tell them, just look out there, guys. Look at, there's so many lost people out there. Can't you see the harvest? And before coming to Christ, or maybe even when we don't abide in Christ, we don't see that way. We just are kind of concerned with what's going on in our lives and the things that are in our little world. But Jesus calls us something bigger. He calls us to, to bear fruit, obviously, but just to lift up our eyes and look like he does. He sees the whole world and those that are lost and that are in need of him. 
As we abide in Christ, this is some of the fruit that he will bear in your life. You'll begin to see like him. Jesus says that this is the fruit that leads to eternal life. That should get us just even wanting to see like him because it has eternal life impact. And the last one we'll talk about today is the fruit of our lips. This one's a little more, it's a little different than the mouth that we just talked about, but listen to what the writer of Hebrews says. He says, therefore, by him, let us continually offer, a, offer the sacrifice of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips. Like I said, this is slightly different than the fruit of the mouth. Uh, one of the great miracles of abiding in Christ uh, is the fruit of praise and the fruit of thanks. Um, prior to coming to Jesus and bearing this kind of fruit, um, we're pretty ready to thank ourselves and kind of, we did this thing and we made this happen and look how hard we work and look at all the things that I have. But when you come to Jesus and to begin to abide in him and bear this type of fruit, what happens out of that is you realize that it all comes from him, that we have nothing without him. He actually says you can do nothing. So if you're considering that your branches produce this fruit in your life, well, you're wrong. Uh, it's Jesus. If you have anything, it's because of Jesus. And we should, this kind of praise should come out of our lips, which is God considers it fruit. Um, we can do nothing without him, so guess what? <laughs> There's many more fruits, right? Um, you're probably thinking of a few. But I just really wanted to bring out the point today uh, for us is that when we bear fruit, it is different than abiding. Remember last week how we said that the vine is the source of everything? And all we have to do as a branch is just abide and stay in it. That we actually had nothing to do with the fruit bearing at all. It just like ends up on the end of the, the branch. So do you ever ask yourself, who gets the fruit? The branch doesn't get the fruit necessarily. Uh, people come and pick it off and take it. So when you think about that, it's the fruit that you're producing is meant for others. I think that's pretty, pretty miraculous. You may be disappointed in that. I mean, I don't get to eat any of the fruit. Uh, well, the good thing about it is there's somebody you know is a believer in Christ. They're bearing fruit, and you get to eat from their branch. But you're, the fruit that's on your branch is for someone else. And let's look at this for a second. Uh, our families get to eat of it, of course. Our co-workers can eat of it. Anyone who we come in contact can eat of the fruit of abiding in Jesus. Uh, have you ever had someone ask you, how can you love that person? They're evil. How can you love them? Why are you always joyful all the time? Where do you find peace like you have how, how, why do you have peace in the middle of all this chaos? Everything that's in the world going on, how can you have peace? People ask these questions because you are bearing fruit. See, the fruit's for them. The crazy thing about fruit is that people desire it. 
People desire what you have. If you're producing much fruit, if you're producing fruit uh, that is worthy of repentance, people want it. They desire it. And this is the cool part. That's what hap- That's when God begins to get the glory now. Because what is your answer? Oh, well, yeah, I got that peace from just being a good guy. I got the, you know, I'm, I love that person just because I'm supposed to, I guess. No. No. You give the answer that God gave me that. I never had that kind of love until I met Jesus. I never had that kind of love until I started hanging with Jesus. I never had the joy that I now have. I used to be happy, but I never had real joy until I started hanging with Jesus. And hopefully what that does is once they see your fruit and they desire it and you proclaim where that fruit comes from, that then they too want to receive uh, the vine and want to be attached to him as a branch. Uh, John 15, 8 says, By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit. So God is glorified when we bear much fruit, and this is his desire. So will you be my disciple. So remember the example, I don't want to pick on Judas, but he was a disciple. He was a learner of Jesus, but he never stayed in the vine. And um, eventually... He cut himself off or never really was attached. And what we find is he couldn't bear any fruit. Sad example, but how we know who true disciples are is those that are bearing fruit. You ever been in a situation where you don't really know the people, but you get in a crowd or an event or something, and you meet somebody, and there's just Jesus falling all off their branch? You ever seen people like that? It's like such an awesome thing to be around. And even as a Christian, what do you do? Oh, man, I want to hang out with that person. They've they're just got all kinds of fruit coming off of them. That's the kind of the branch that I want to be, and I hope that's your desire too, is that you bear so much fruit that people see Jesus without really knowing who he is yet. So as we conclude today, and I just want to kind of talk about a a few things. If the result of abiding in Christ is fruit production, each of us should be asking ourselves a few questions. Ask yourself this. When people look at my life, what do they see? Do they see Jesus? Do they see fruit that is worthy of repentance? Can people tell that I abide, or do they have no clue? Like if you were to talk to somebody at work around the water cooler and say, well, I'm a Christian, and they went, oh my goodness, really? Probably not a good sign, huh? Do they see the fruit? Can they tell that you and I abide in Jesus? How would they describe what they see? How would my family, what do they, what do they think I do at church? Do they just know I go? Or do they actually see fruit that's coming off because I abide and, and I read my Bible and I pray and, 
I hang with other believers. Is that what they see? As we do each week, let's take a couple of minutes, and I'm going to give you time to do this. Ask God, does my life bear the fruit of being close to you? This is kind of a double dog dare because I really believe if you ask him that question, he will tell you an honest answer. He will not lie. He will tell you if you are or if you are not. And you go, how do you know that? Because I've done it. And he's told me where I bear fruit, and he's told me where I don't. And so he prunes the things that get in the way. So that's what I'm asking you to do today. Ask that question. If all branches are meant to produce fruit, and you find yourself unable to produce fruit, you're headed to the burn pile. You're withering away if there's no fruit production. Don't believe me. Believe what we read together. Believe the scriptures. That's what he says happens. So the cure, and you've already got this down, is simply abide. Return to abiding. Return to him. Return to the word. Return to praying. Return to hanging out. Let him prune these things out of your life. If you're here today and producing some fruit, but you want to produce more, take a little survey in your head, because I, I did this this week and wasn't super happy with the, re the survey, but I'm going to allow you to take it yourself. There's 720 hours in a week. How many of those hours were spent abiding? Just questions we need to ask ourselves, really? You know, man, I looked at that and I, I'm standing here as your pastor, the one that's supposed to be shepherding and leading you, and, you know, I think I'm in it, but when you do that assessment, you go, wow, I could have done a, I could have abided a little more. I could have prayed a little more. I could have prayed that I would abide more. Look at those things. It's not to make you feel guilty. <laughs> it's so that we can produce more fruit and much fruit. It's a good thing that we evaluate and look at how much fruit is on the end of our branch. Are you allowing God to prune you? Is he trying to clip off dead stuff dead wood that's keeping you from abiding. I know pruning hurts. I've told you that. I felt it. It hurts. It's no fun. But it's the only way that you and I are ever going to produce any fruit. So let's take a couple minutes and allow God to do a little gardening. What do you say? Let's go to him um, and ask him to speak to us.
Dear God, just thank you for loving us the way you love. You're patient with us. Of course, your desire is that we produce fruit. Thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, who there would be no way we could produce any fruit on our own. He tells us that. Thank you for him. Thank you, Jesus, for being the source of all ability to bear any fruit of all. We just want to turn it over to you, give you all the glory for the fruit that is, comes off of our branch. Lord, there's uh, so many things that we need pruning some days. Some days seem to be more than others. But Lord, I pray that each and every one of us allow you to prune those things out. Even though it hurts, even though it's not fun. But I really believe that every true believer here today, Lord, wants to please you. May you allow us to prune those things out. Thank you for your message today, simple message. Jesus is the vine and we're the branches. And we can do nothing without him. It's to him that we give the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm always looking for the gospel in these times that we share. And the gospel is this. The gospel is great news, right? If you find yourself not attached to the vine or never been attached to the vine, I hope you know you, Jesus wants you to be attached. And all you have to do is humble yourself before him and let him know that you want to be attached, that you're willing to confess your sins before him and let him start pruning, let him start clipping away. He wants you to abide in him. If you'd like to do that, I would be more than happy to help you after the service today. There's no shame in sitting in church for 20 years and never really abiding. There's shame if you make it to 21. <laughs> the gospel is this. It's good news. He wants you to abide in him. So those of you that are already abiding, go out this week and bear much fruit, eh? All in the name of Jesus for his glory and his honor. We'll see you next week.